shift into an attitude of gratitude. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Millionaire Woman Show. I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and I love bringing you guests that are from around the world that are going to inspire, educate you, and motivate you into taking inspired action. Today, I have Kitty McKay, and she is a Canadian ADHD coach behind DeclutterTheBrain.com, who knows firsthand that physical clutter is just a clue of one's mental clutter within also known as your ADHD spokescat, Kitty maintains that once you understand why you, behind the external chaos, you're much better equipped to keep it at bay for good. Enjoy vastly improved productivity, relationships, and self-esteem to boot. One, her one system is simple, step-by-step -step method designed so her clients can clear the years of clutter without getting completely overwhelmed by the process. Please welcome Kitty McKay to the show. Thank you so much. I, I really appreciate that, Deborah. Thank you. Thank you. Great introduction. Well, it's so wonderful to have you. And I have so many questions that are popcorning in my head today. And I'm just curious, what brought you to where you are today with decluttering the brain for people? Oh, good heavens. It's been a journey and an evolution. How long you got? <laughs> a long time ago when I was living in Banff, um, I had a, a small cleaning business and I found myself almost compulsively rearranging people's furniture and what have you so that uh, it, I don't know, just so it flowed better. And people invariably said, you know, just feels better in, in here. Not, not cleaner, but it just feels better. Little did I know that that was feng shui in action. Fast forward, uh, moved to Atlanta, Canada and started um, in-home decluttering and then virtual decluttering at the suggestion of, of my business coach. And then as that evolved over the next couple of years, I started to notice that uh, oh, gee, about 90% of my clients could have been sisters or brother from, from another mother. I thought, well, this is interesting. And then the shoe dropped someone that I had gone to this business, a colleague of mine with this business coach, she, and she phoned me out of the air and said, would you like to uh, be on my podcast? And she is an ADHD coach. And I said, why me? And she said, oh, when we met, I had you pegged. And then as being ADHD, as a, I'm still not officially diagnosed. Now, then I started looking at all the clients and, you know, I really looked into it, researched it, aha. And then we did that, 
that um, podcast slash webinar. It was a bit of, it was a bit of both. And um, 350 of the people who tuned in while well, they were all ADHD. And that's how it's come to that is uh, it, uh, is to uh, help these people who clutter effects a little bit more than the average person. Wow. So Kitty, I know like all of us have some external chaos at some point. Some of it is papers, some of it is things, some of it, you know, we think of hoarding. And I just want to think, just talk about, you know, people's environments. You know, when it comes to being able to work and have your clear mind, because I remember as a teenager, I think I bought this poster once. And not that I was a very messy person, but I just, it so resonated with me, the picture. And it was, this mess is a place. But through the years, I've also learned that your environment influences so much of your productivity that papers piled up and, you know, all these purchases that you don't know what to do with or you thought you needed that you purchased and you're, you're putting them in the spare bedroom and, and things like that. Um, can you just talk a little bit about how that environment really impacts how productive we are in life? And I, I, you know, when we talked about in your bio, how it impacts your relationships, how it impacts your own self-esteem. Oh, good heavens. That, that's a good question. It, it has a, it has a huge impact, of course, because it, I think that it just clogs your brain. Say, for example, if, um, uh, and then I'm going to get to the relationships part. Uh, sure. But let's let's use the messy desk for example. And you can't you can't find uh, your you're about to meet with your client in three or four minutes, and you can't find their file. Well. You feel like an idiot when you get on with that client and you're scrambling and you're losing credibility. We're talking to business owners right now, right? Um, that they're, they're losing their credibility or they're, uh, they can't find a bill, late bill payment. All of these things add up to making you feel uh, less than, to making you feel like you're not in control and isn't feeling in control really central to your feeling of keeping it together in your relationships, whether they be relationships with you, with your spouse or your boss or your coworkers. If you don't feel like, if you don't feel like you're in control, then people are not going to treat you like, like you're in control of your life. And that can have some pretty serious consequences in the form of arguing, in the form of fighting, uh, in the form of not being promoted. Is it, are we on this? Uh, am I making sense? Absolutely. And you know what, Kitty, what, I, what I'm thinking about when it comes to those papers on the desk, and if you can't find the one that you need for that important meeting, you know, what I like to think about is, you know, when I think about papers on my desk, I think about, wow, I saved that paper because I think it's something I need for later. And then there's another later pile, or I need to address this and, or this is a great article, I should read it later. 
And I think those later things that someday builds up because it's not on the calendar. Yeah. How, how do you help people really um, when they're touching those papers? Because I know that people have different systems. When I pick up that later, should I be scanning it into a document? Like what, what do you suggest to people? To keep it as a first thing that comes to my mind is keep it as simple as possible. Whatever your filing system is, keep it as simple as possible. Um, it's if you're if you're tech savvy, absolutely scan it and put it in your computer where it may get lost. <laughs> Unless you have a good filing system, which I'm I was reasonably new to computers and I, I couldn't find anything. If you're a paper kind of person, which um, many people are, and certainly ADHDers are, um, then have a simple system that you can file and make sure that you label absolutely everything. Yeah. I have a couple of binders down to my left here that I haven't labeled yet. Huh? Uh, <laughs> position heal thyself and uh, but I know what they what what they are but it still gives me that little frustration is that is that one uh, for that one category or another and color coding at the top of each of my sheets of paper it's either um, it's it's color coded I'll have the I'm gonna say for example um, uh, your name Deborah and then it's underlined in green green for podcast right <laughs> so that i can automatically find it if it hasn't gotten into the binder yet i know automatically what it's for in the later pile right um, magazine articles oh golly when you got when you've got everything available on google that's a, that's a tough one but paper is so um, oh, it's so nice. It's nice to be able to pick up something, isn't it? That's not on yeah. the screen. It's very seductive. That's the word that I'm looking for. Yeah. Again, um, a binder. I don't think that you can be too organized. Mm -hmm. But um, as you said, everybody has a different system and you've got to use the one that is right for you. And there are so many uh, gurus that they'll advocate one thing or another thing. But at the end of the day, I have to come back to saying, just keep it simple, as simple as you can. And, and it's going to evolve too. You're not going to come up with the, with the exact right system for you right away. The one that I have has evolved over the last year and a half. It's taken right. that long. To yeah. figure out, oh, color. Yes, color works. <laughs> so when I think about, you know, ADHD and people who are heavy multitaskers, because mm -hmm. there's got to be some significant difference. Can you share with the audience the difference between, you know, someone who may be diagnosed with ADHD versus someone who's a general multitasker that could show up with very similar tendencies? Yeah, um, multitasking. Now you've heard, of course, that you've heard it said that multitasking is a myth. And that's, you know, that is, that is open to, to debate. An ADHD or by definition should not try to multitask at all because I, walking and chewing gum, you're doing not too badly. But, <laughs> but um, 
uh, the ADHD brain cannot switch easily, transition, we call it, between one task and another. So um, for me to go from, uh, I'm probably doing, uh, I'm trying to think, um, for me to go from writing a paper immediately into, into this podcast, right? No, can't do it. Have to give myself at least 15 minutes transition time okay. in between it. Now, if you are the other, 5% of the world's population is is ADHD. So if you're the other 95%, you have no problem with that transition. You can bam, 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 bam from one thing to the other to the other. And those are the people who say to people like, mm, like, like us, well, why can't you just jump from and and we just mm-hmm. medically can't so that brings itself some challenges when it comes to oh uh, if you can't multitask then you have to make allowances uh for well yes i do need that transition that could be really frustrating because because you want to multitask you want to be all over the place and doing all of these things, but frankly, you can't. But if you do learn to focus your energy and your attention, you can be even more productive than the multitasker. And again, there are different schools of thought on whether multitasking is effective or not. Well, the word focus itself is focus on one course until successful. Mm -hmm. And I love how you talk about how someone with ADHD, if they have learned to focus and concentrate on their one area, that they could be more efficient, more uh, productive than someone who is a multitasker. So what does the person with ADHD or the focused individual, what do they have over the multitasker? They have challenges and they have strengths. Again, the challenge is getting getting their brain to simmer down and focus. Now, of course, there are meds for that, uh, which I don't take. I rely on ginseng. If you ever need to really double down on something, ginseng. Or ginger tea, some people say. Uh, but those would be the challenges. The strength is once we do focus, we hyper-focus. And absolutely nothing and no one can get in our way. And that's, that can be a super, super strength. So sometimes people say, wow, how did you get so much done in a short period of time? Because all of the brain cells were finally able to simmer down, realize what the task is at hand, and just go at it. Or if, in, a case of, in a case of emergency, apparently, I read this a long time ago, an ADHD is the person that you want around you in case of emergency. Why? They're the ones who don't freak out because they're the ones hyper-focusing. They just, something in, in the brain, again, that's not a conscious right. decision. Right. We'll just say, okay, yeah, I'm running into the burning building and don't, don't think twice about it. Does that answer your question? Yeah, and that's fascinating. You know, and one of the things that I was thinking about was I know with sometimes when people get a diagnosis, they see it as a label. Mm. And then I also think about 
speakers or people aspiring to be speakers who may have come from different cultural backgrounds or different parts of states and they have accents and they have you know different tones to their voices and they're wanting to hide that so much and even the adhd that you know maybe there's people who don't want because there's a stigma attached to it yes. but what i'm hearing is there's a way to shift into a really positive mindset without labeling yourself by a title Yes, there has been, uh, in fact, for for many years. There, you're right. Since it, since it was pretty much labeled back in the '80s, and you'll remember the book. Um, you mean I'm not stupid, lazy, or crazy? I think I've got the title the title wrong. Um, addressing ADHD, there is still a stigma. Um, in fact, a client of mine is a nurse and there are many people that including employers that she has not that she has not told that she's and she's adhd because she's afraid that she will be uh judged as less than capable right when in <laughs> there's an example of a of a, a nurse right that right who's, um, who's hyper focusing on 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 her clients and keeping completely calm mm -hmm. while her brain is racing right. okay what's my next step with this patient um kind of thing now the stigma i am looking to i'm i'm actually on what i hope will be a long-term mission to eradicate that stigma my many of my colleagues in the industry agree with this as well is it's um I don't know if they still have this expression, but do you remember uh, um, um, ability? It would say disability, and then the dis was crossed out. That in fact, it's um, it was an advertisement for for handicapped people. This is many many years ago. You're too young for that. <laughs> uh, we're looking to focus on our strengths on our ability to uh, hyper focus on things on our ability to uh, to be really uh, nitpicking detailers to uh, go deeper to be more creative uh, to be the entertainers in society so in in my facebook group i've got um, a, a feature called the ADHD of the day. So many entertainers are ADHD, like Cher, Justin Timberlake, uh, Michael Jordan, all, all of these people who go past the quote disability and make raving successes of themselves. Why? Because they're risk takers, and uh, which is a, a hallmark that can be certainly um, a strength of. ADHD. The idea is to get over, we were talking about mental clutter before in the, in the bio, the idea is to get over your mental clutter, your, your negative images and buckle down and make a decision and say, yes, this, this is in fact what I'm going to do because ADHDers also don't make decisions well. They yeah, can't make decisions for to save their life, which is why they have to streamline. Do you know anybody who wears the same, uh, say, for example, a realtor, my acquaintance here, uh, he wears the same shirt on Monday, 
a color a different color on Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. I adopted that. Why? Because it makes morning no decisions, a no-brainer. Yeah. That's the kind of thing that we come up with so that we don't have to make those decisions. Our brain doesn't use mental energy. Do you ever notice if you've got something particularly trying or you've got um, you've had some, you've had some stress maybe uh, in the family and you feel um, absolutely knocked out the next day and you don't know why? Deborah? Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's that mental it's mental stress will kill you. You've heard that before. Mm-hmm. It, it, it tires you out more than anything. Well, these daily little decisions exhaust the brain, at least our brain. (laughs) So that's interesting, you know, and I don't want to take for granted that our listeners and, um, you know, viewers here on YouTube automatically know what ADHD is. And I'd like to think a lot of people do, but those who don't, it is for attention deficit hyperactivity disorder. Mm -hmm. And uh, one of the hallmarks of this is that you know it affects their attention as you heard in our conversation it affects self-control harder time saying focus they can be more fidgety than others and you know often when it when you think of, about it with kids you know that's generally when a, a lot of people get diagnosed and you know as you said earlier you know not having a diagnosis there's a lot of adults out there who may have this diagnosis, um, but have never been diagnosed. Mm -hmm. And, you know, just thinking about, I'm just thinking about behaviors and characteristics. And I I think it's fascinating and in such a positive way to have this ADHD coach to really fine tune some of the things that could be seen as drawbacks. Now, when I think of entrepreneurs like Steve Jobs, and some mm-hmm. other ones, they wore the black t-shirt, black pants, and like, I don't even know if he has a diagnosis of ADHD, but what yes, he did yes. that for, pardon? Yes, yes, the answer yeah. to your question is yes, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> so it's really to streamline that decision-making, and I've also, in some of my reading, I know entrepreneurs, when they had to get stuff done, they needed to conserve as much energy as possible. So they would have the same meal for breakfast, same meal for lunch, maybe go off on something different for supper. They'd wear the same clothing, have it laid out for all the days that they were binging on their project just to stay super focused. And I just, I find it fascinating how you said, you know, this person wore a different color each day, but he knew what color for what day. And that streamlines um, saving, conserving that energy. So even whether you have ADHD or not, if you're working on something really intense and you need to be streamlining your energy, because really when it comes down to it, time management is really energy management. Absolutely. I, I could not have said that better. That's the, the oh, wow. No, absolutely. It, it is. It, um, and energy, you know, we only have so much of it. 
And at the end of the day, you're the one who has to manage it. Nobody else can decide what you're going to spend your mental energy on. Am I going to get annoyed at, the, at that person who was rude to me in the grocery line? No, it's, 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 not, worth, it's not worth my, my energy. You, know, you were just mentioning about the clothing. Do you know how I know what day it is? By the color you're wearing. Pink. Yep. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The people so it's are really about building those systems. Yes, absolutely. And then a one tie for the week. And uh, yeah, complete and completely streamlined. Yeah. So how important is it for someone with ADHD to declutter the brain? Oh, essential, essential. <clears throat> Because people, when people have come to me, you, you asked about how I got started, they, they come to me with, with physical clutter, and most of my clients have been with me for about a year now, and I ask them, uh, you know, we pretty much got you physically done, uh, do, do you think that I should still be doing um, uh, telling people that I do physical decluttering and they say, oh yes, that's why we came to you, because physical clutter, yeah, I, I really believe that it is just a clue to the mental clutter within. And once you clear the physical, then you then the mental will happen. But also at the same token, it's by the same token, it's a chicken and the egg syndrome, mm. which came first. And I I don't have an answer to that question. I really right. don't because one yeah. seems to beget the other. Uh, a perfect example, can I share? Sure. All right. Um, so, uh, Monday morning, I will usually, you now I, I live alone and live. Yeah, the cat, you know, you just won't lift a paw. Uh, <laughs> so I'll start the week, everything is reasonably pristine. And then by Wednesday, things are starting to pile up just, um, and I'm, I'm a neat freak, yes, but the kitchen counter is not looking as pristine as it did on Wednesday, so, or I should say on Monday, so I'll clear it, so I feel better, but, and I think more clearly. But also at the same time, why did that, why did it start to get cluttered? with a water pitcher or a water bottle or, or what have you, because my brain was getting busier and more tired and more cluttered with work. So it couldn't only handle, well, either I focus my energy on the one on, on work or on the kitchen, on keeping the kitchen counter clean. Now that doesn't sound like it should be a big deal, does it? No, it seems like, you know, should be quick. Quick fix, right? It should, but just sometimes the more the more busy the brain gets, the less importance it puts mm -hmm. on keeping things de decluttered. And right. then once you have done your decluttering, all this sounds like, well, who cares? Well, it does make a huge difference because you will think guaranteed more clearly. And there's some feng shui involved in that about keeping the energy flowing. And that's, I do a fair bit of that as well. It's just people unanimously say, yes, I feel better. I've, I'm feeling more clarity. 
Right. I'm feeling like I can cope better and that's um, ADHD or no. It's right. Just, it's, it's just universal. And it's difficult to describe. When people ask me these questions, there isn't an actual scientific uh, reason for it. It just is. It yeah. just is. Yeah. And declutter the, uh, that's where declutter the brain came from because mm -hmm. I used to uh, be called Clutter Solutions by Kitty and that was pegging me as an organizer. But right. the more I realized that when I was helping clients with their physical clutter and then I'm curious, I'm curious, why do they have it? Why can they not get rid of their sentimental items? Mm -hmm. uh, thing, things like that. Okay, because every time they pick up some of their mother's things, they can remember exactly what conversation was being happening. Mm. So that's why they can't go through the decluttering process. Yeah. There's always a why. Behind. Right. See, and I find that fascinating because, you know, to someone who is not attached to the items, they're like, what do you need that for? That's nothing. You know, and it, for them, they can, they're so detached from it. Right. But when you are working with someone, there's an attachment to why they hang on to things. Yes. And that is where you you mentioned about relationships before. Huge. And um, one spouse says to another, uh, oh, just get rid of it. Uh, well, number one, that's making, uh, making a person make a decision. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, no, it's not that easy is it uh, should I get rid of this sentimental item or that sentimental item um, people who are spouses can be very well-meaning and as as you just said well there's no there's no attachment to it but uh, if you do have that attachment that can be very difficult and you know what? Uh, can can I give you a, a quick trick that I shared with my sure <laughs> absolutely today? If you if any of your listeners have um, are with something like that, uh, they 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 know that they have a pile of sentimental things that have to be gone through, and they have no idea how they're going to go through it. You know, you've got uh, mom, uh, grandma's old brooch, for example, thing things like that. Pretend that you're moving cross country. Mm. That will help you prioritize like you don't believe. Because how do you make a decision between um, a rock concert that you attended with your best friend, you've got their ticket stubs, or the ticket stubs from when you went to Shakespeare with your, with your parents? Right. Which uh, you're going to feel a little guilty about making that decision, aren't you? Mm-hmm. All right. And that's and, if you're someone who saves the ticket stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and ADHDers have been labeled as, and I hate to use this expression because it's got such a bad rap, as hoarders. I disagree with that mm -hmm. term completely. Right. Um, um, saving it for, what did you say? Later? Later. Yeah. I'll yeah. read it later. I'll do that later. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. They're they're saving it. They're saving it for later. Well, eventually you will have to go through that that step, or someone will have to do it for you. Yeah. 
and the kind thing is to go through it first. But if you yeah. are ever faced with that possibility, imagine you're you just ask yourself, and I did this just yeah. on the hall on, on Victoria Day. Uh, I spent two hours in my closet and I played this and I said to myself, Will will I take this back to Alberta with me? Mm-hmm. Will I? Nope. All right, we are rolling. So right. I hope I hope that one of one of your listeners and viewer or viewers will be able to use that. That's Good awesome, everybody. That's awesome. <laughs> so, Kitty, tell us more about your one system. Uh, yes, focusing system based on a book by uh, uh, by it, by Gary Keller. It's called The One Thing, but. I actually read his book after I started doing it this way. When I help people declutter, and nine times out of ten, the whole it's not just the one room, it's the whole house that's just gotten taken over. Right? Well, what what's your instant um, what's your what's your instant reaction? Overwhelm, fear. How on earth am I going to get this done? Bad feelings about how did I let it get this way? All of these things. There's only one way that I have found that that will alleviate that. And that is one system, one room at a time. And it's deceptive. All right. (laughs) One room at a time, one area of that room at a time, one thing at a time. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is you've got, say, for example, the whole house. You're going to have to choose one room. Do not uh, do not try to, well, I'll do a little bit in this room, and then I'll do a little bit in the next room, and a, a little bit, uh, I'll come back and back and forth. Don't try to do that because you are, it's, uh, you'll lose your focus. You'll forget right. where you are. You'll be more efficient just sticking with the one task and then the one area of that room at a time. Right. Um, is just focus on one thing. It just comes down to focusing and then one thing at a time yeah. uh, in that room. And that's valuable for everyone listening, everyone viewing, because, you know, Often when you get started in the middle of a room, you end up hopping from one section to one section and you just have piles of mess versus working in one area, getting that done, moving over to another area. Do do you have any um, tips or strategies for us? Should we have boxes out like um, this is for donate? This is can you give us a few tips? And the tips that I'm going to offer, I don't think that they're, they're not that much different from, from, uh, from your standard decluttering tips. Um, but one that I'm told makes, makes, makes my system a little bit different. You have your, your, your sections, you've got, you've got bags, let's say, of keep or pile, what, what, what have you, let's call it a pile. <clears throat> you've got your keep pile. You've got your, you've got your keep pile and your toss pile and your donate, right? So toss is for garbage, donate is for donate and keep, you know, for sure that you love it, you want it. I advocate a maybe pile and 
there are different schools of thought on that. Some people have argued with me vehemently about the maybe pile. Well, it leaves the possibility of, uh, of waffling. I have found it to be very, very valuable. Why? Because it can lessen the guilt about, I have to make a decision right now. Right. And that can be so stressful. Whereas if you give yourself a little bit of a break, my clients have all started, the, oh, good, I get a maybe pile. <clears throat> Excuse me. And then less and less, they start adding to the maybe pile as their decision-making skills get stronger. Because imagine, if you will, you're, um, it, let's say that you're right-sizing, which is uh, what I was doing a lot of my in-home in work here before virtual. And you've got 30 years worth of stuff. That is a lot to uh, not only a lot of things, but a lot of emotions. Your, your children's uh, drawings that were on the fridge, your grandchildren's things, the Christmas or ornaments that you remember when you and your husband bought. This is heartbreaking to have to do. But if you've got yourself a little bit of a maybe pile, then you know you're down you're downsizing from a three bedroom house to a one bedroom condo huh? that's that's tough that's overwhelming yeah. but if you can give your cut yourself some slack <laughs> and have that maybe pile and make sure that you get rid of the toss right away and the donate right away if you're living in the city um uh donate places we won't mention any names, but donate places are, they're everywhere. Unless you're in lockdown like we are right now in Atlantic yeah. <laughs> Canada. But <laughs> by and large, you should yeah. be able to, here's another trick. Make sure that you, that you get rid of it right away. Put it at the front door as soon as you're done for the day. Yeah. And yeah. take it out, put it in the car, what have you. Resist it and make um, you will resist the temptation to go back through it and second guess yourself, yeah. because that is killer. That that will just uh, destroy your efforts yeah. right yeah. there. Well, thank you so much, Kitty. You gave us some tips, some strategies. It's all really about streamlining um, systems, finding what works for you individually building in that focus and attention because once you do you that's your superpower right you know it's a superpower to be able to be hyper vigilant and focus in dial in on exactly what it is that you need to do and knowing that you can be more productive than someone who is multitasking um just winding up our interview here kitty i like to ask our guests what is one book that has had a profound impact in your life Oh, <clears throat> I guess um, the, the first thing that comes to, I, I read a couple books a week, so that, that's a difficult question, but I, I suppose really that book would be the one that I mentioned before, The One Thing by Gary Keller of Keller yeah. Williams Real Estate, and it, some people love it, some people do not. A colleague of mine, she, it doesn't. It doesn't resonate for her. Yeah, but interesting. Anyone that uh, uh, she's the only person that I know that it has a resonated yeah. for. Why? Because it helps you to realize um, that if you narrow it down, narrow it down, narrow yeah. it down to one thing, no matter whether you're decluttering, whether you're uh, anything, anything. It's it's a multi-purpose book. 
Yeah, no, fa fabulous. Thank you. And what is what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? <laughs> rich from the inside out. At peace, um, not feeling frazzled. Um, yeah. Conceptual questions can be very difficult for ADHD or so good. So don't mind me if I'm if I'm. No, wondering. take your time. Take your time. <clears throat> Rich from the inside out, feeling. Um, I guess really, not frazzled and in control of of where I'm going, what my thought processes are. How, where I want to, uh, where I want to take other people. Yeah, very powerful. It sounds very much being in flow, being at peace with self. Really love that, Kitty. Now, how can people stay in touch with you or do work with you? Ooh, um, come and visit my web website, uh, www.declutterthebrain.com. And if they will, if uh, if they like to visit, and unfortunately, I want to I want to pick up the pick up the the um, the PDF and show and show them. But it is called Seven Easy Steps to Conquer Your Mental and Physical and Mental Clutter. It's just it's intended as a daily grounding tool for your declutter journey and beyond. And it's basically an all-purpose, all-purpose, no-nonsense approach to staying on top of it all for good. And that's the, that's the best thing is if you can stay on top of it all for good. Fantastic, Kitty. I love it. You know, it's all about no BS, straight goods, these are some easy things to do. And that's what our, our, you know, listeners and viewers like things that cut to the chase and really help us, you know, dive in and execute as soon as possible. Because the show is all about, you know, principles of life, leadership and business. And all of these principles are transferable to different areas of your life. So listening to, you know, all those tips and strategies and, you know, it's such an honor to have you here on the show, sharing that wisdom with us. And uh, for those of you, you know, who may be diagnosed with ADHD or even those who want to become more focused, please take a, a listen again to this podcast. Um, take some notes. I love when people take a snapshot of, you know, the episode that they are listening to or viewing mm -hmm. and, you know, tag us in social media so that we can share, share what nuggets you took away from the interview. It's very, very powerful in sharing, sharing that news. So thank you again, Kitty, for coming on the show. I uh, really appreciate having you here. Thank you for having me, Deborah. It's been it's been wonderful. Thank you. Awesome. Now, for those of you who are listening, please go over to my website as well at www.debrakazowski.com. You're going to get your three-part video course on making habits stick to find out what your derailers are, stay focused on track, and make those goals and dreams a reality. Now, if you're interested in coaching, you can go to my website. There is a form there to fill out. We will set up a discovery session, see if we're the right fit 
and check out your dreams and goals and see how we can accelerate those into making them happen. As Mahama Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world. On behalf of Kitty and myself, go out and make today great.